Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Uh, yeah, good morning. Uh, when I was asked to reach, uh, I was uh, delighted to see it was uh, Luke 2, 8 through 14, and uh, uh, I, it's straight up my alley because I used to be a shepherd. Uh, okay, if I get lost, read along with me. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of Bethlehem, the Savior was born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in the manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whose favor rests. Uh, I like the I like the part where it says an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. These shepherds were not uh, uh, the shepherd was the least at the time, and uh, the Lord appeared to the least. And it says and they were terrified. I'm sure the sheep were terrified too. But uh, you know when we're uh, when we are the least, that's when God has our eye on us the most. Thanks, Bill. I don't know if your mic was on, so what he was saying is, or not much anyway, what he was saying is, when you are the least, God has his eye on you the most. That's cool. Thank you very much, Phil. Well, we're in Advent, and uh, many of you that have come to Loon Mountain Ministry a lot might say, oh, amen, we're out of Ecclesiastes for a little while. I know I am from the sermon perspective, uh, but it was, it's beautiful. I do love... Um, Advent, and I said last week that at first when I became a young pastor, you know, seven to ten years ago, that I was like, oh man, the traditions are going to get old. Um, I also, and, and I've found that they, are, they don't, they're actually beautiful and rich and deep, and they keep us connected to some beautiful things in the past, and what's incredible is in practicing these, we're actually connected to some folks that are practicing these well after we're gone too. So it's connecting us to the future believers in Christ and the ones that, you know, believed in Christ. I like that. That's cool. The other thing, um, I was also worried as a young pastor, like, I'm going to have to give a sermon on hope, peace, joy, and love every first, second, and third, and fourth Sunday of December from here on out. Boy, this <laughs> It's going to be hard not to repeat. Not true, right? The, like we said earlier, these words have a personality, and the personality is Jesus. I've been married to my wife for 16 years. I hope I'm married to her for 2,000, right? I don't know if she feels the same way, but um, you just never stop getting to know somebody. As they you know, mature and evolve, and as you mature and evolve, so does getting to know them becomes deeper and richer. And that's our prayer for you, is that through faith and the grace that God has given us, you begin a relationship with God through the sacrifice of Jesus. And that, that relationship will be continuing. It's not just a trophy. You just didn't put, your, you didn't put your hope in Jesus, and it was a salvation thing. We're now in 1987, on a cold night, 
I realized I was separated for God and I gave my life to him. And now it sits up on a wall and I keep telling that story about a cold night in 1987. No, that's a trophy. And trophies do two things. They collect dust and they collect stories. And that's not salvation. Salvation is alive and living and relational, right? And so that's how we need to think about salvation. And Advent is another way to do that. That these words take on a personality, a persona, and that is Jesus Christ, who is King and Lord. So last week we lit the candle of hope, and today we're lighting the candle of peace. I have this really, really incredible um, article written uh, about... Um, a gentleman a long time ago that said this about peace, that peace is the tranquility of order. Peace is the tranquility of order. And I get to thinking about that. And I thought about when Heidi leaves our home for an extended period of time, right? And, uh, you know, it's left to me and the kiddos. Order quickly erodes, quickly. And whether it's in the kitchen, or it's in the living room, or it's the dining room, or it's the mud room, or wherever it is, it begins to clutter and collect and do all kinds of things. And at first, it's super fun, right? Because it's that moment where you take your shoes, you're like, yes, they're gone. You just kick your shoe that way, and you kick your shoe this way, and it's like, wah! Then after about day three or four, and you're like stepping over things and can't find what you're looking for, it creates this, you know, disc unity or this disorder or, or, or untranquility. And uh, that's what this article talks about. And, and I want to read from this article because it's absolutely um, incredible. And I may have lost it. Doggone it. Bear with me as I look this up really quick. So it's called The Tranquility of Order, and the article is called Peace, The Tranquility of Order. And I'm just going to read a quick paragraph from this article that I just found absolutely incredible. And it says this, Peace begins with our relationship with God. If you're fighting with God, or if there is a cold war going on between you and God, then untranquility of disorder is going to be the pattern of your life. Why should that be? Why can't a human say to the divine, you know what, I'll just leave you alone, you leave me alone, and we'll be just fine. That doesn't work, never has, never will, never could. Because the very order of the universe is based on the relationship of the creator and the created. God, who is spectacularly glorious and good, benevolent and powerful, who is the master craftsman, brought the whole universe into being, and then put human beings right, lost my place, <laughs> put human beings right at the top of the whole order, right at the top of the whole order. And he still stands over it, proud of what is good. Proud of what is good. Man, I can't look up from this because then I just lose it. He is still standing at order over all of this, and he's proud of what is good, and he is especially proud of what is very good, you and me. He is pained by the cracks and flaws that have been introduced into the creation, but ready to heal and one day recreate. This is the order of all things. 
It is where we find tranquility. It's where we find our peace. Live like you're an animal, you're not going to have peace. Live like you're God, and you're not going to have peace. This is beautiful. Peace is the continual rehearsal of standing in the right spot and the grand order of things. Let me say that one more time. Peace is the grand rehearsal. Praise God, it's a grand rehearsal. <laughs> that is not perfection, that it's not, you know, it's not, you know, rehearsals are, are, are meant to be places where you goof up and learn what's new and, you know, you're learning. Peace is the continual grand rehearsal of standing in the right spot, in the order of all things, not lower, not higher. So from this article, I dove into the study of peace. And what I found is that there are two forms of peace. There are two forms of peace. There is subjective peace, and there is objective peace. So subjective peace is the inner peace that we can find or have. Objective peace is when there is peace between two parties. So there's outer peace, and then there's inner peace. What I found about the true, or like the true definition, or what I found while really researching true peace, is it comes from an ancient Hebrew word, shalom. And shalom just doesn't mean the absence of fighting. So peace doesn't mean just the absence of conflict. That's a result, but it's not limited to the absence of conflict. Shalom actually meant whole or complete. So in the biblical times, the word shalom in the Hebrew word would be like, all right, a stone wall got knocked down. It has lost its shalom. And when we work together to put the stone wall back in its place, and then it's in order and it's a stone wall, you're like, oh, that stone wall is shalom. It means completed. And so when someone in Hebrew says shalom to you, they don't just mean, I hope that there's an absence of conflict in your life. No, it's deeper than that. They say, I hope that there's a completeness, a wholeness in you. And what we believe is that picture our relationship with God like a stone wall. When we chose our own way, which every single one of us have done, we've all been two, and we've all been 20, and we've all been 40. Well, some of us. I'm getting there. Some of us have been 50, 60, 70, maybe 80. We've done our own thing. We've gone our own way. We have determined what is right in our own eyes. <coughs> And in the process, we've broken the stone wall. We've broken the completeness of the relationship between us and God. So we do not have wholeness with God, completeness with God. We do not have shalom. And like the article said, most of humanity says, well, I'm going to leave God alone and he leaves me alone, all right? And we'll be all set. Nope. Because there is a thread, there is a stone wall that connects every created to the creator. Everyone. And the Bible is very clear that each one of us have gone our own way and in the process broken our stone wall that connects us to God. 
And Jesus comes to restore that. So what I talk about is objective peace and subjective peace. And it gets difficult. Guys, the Bible is a confusing, contradicting, bizarre piece of literature. It's crazy. So if you really do a study on peace, Jesus comes and says things like this. In John chapter 14, 27, Jesus says, this is like really warm and fuzzy and beautiful. He goes, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I don't know about you, but I'm like, ah, thanks, Jesus. Ah, thanks, Jesus. Well, then what do you do? And later on, when Jesus says to a group of crowd, I didn't come here to bring peace. That's crazy. He says this. He goes, I didn't come here to bring peace. People who believe in me, mother will turn against daughter. Daughter will turn against mother-in-law. Son will turn against father and father against son. You're like, um, can we go back to John 14, please? Where you brought peace and you left peace and we all just lived in harmony. You know, like, ah! Well, what you've got to understand is that there's two types of peace. There's subjective peace and there's objective peace. One with Jesus, one with Jesus is, is um, dynamic. And the other one is static. And what I mean by that is subjective peace with Jesus is always going to happen. Jesus, if you believe in him, according to his word and according to his promise, he will give and bring you peace. And that is inner and subjective peace. But objective peace, so peace country to country, father to son, husband to wife, boss to employee, employee to employee, teacher to student, student to student. Jesus did not promise to always bring objective peace. There's many times where he claims that he will bring objective peace to this or to that or help you with objective peace, but he never gives a promise that objective peace is going to happen 100%. Are you, are you tracking me? Because I struggle with this. Because, like, the Bible is weird. And it, it, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. And so there can be subjective peace and objective peace. You've got to get this, guys. Remember, subjective is what? Inner. And Jesus always promises to bring subjective peace. Then what is there in this crowd? Objective peace. And while we're on earth, Jesus does not claim to bring always objective peace. Now, will trusting in him and following him lead to objective peace? Totally. But will complete 100%? Jesus never promised that until when? He comes back again. Jesus does promise objective peace, but it's future. That's where we lit the last candle last week of hope. We have hope in an objective peace. We work for objective peace now because we know Jesus is the God of peace. But we also know that this is a broken world. Think about it. Think about even when Jesus was here. If Jesus came today... What we would all want is for him to end corona and to end the division politically in America and that we would all be on the same page. 
that is no different than when he came during the Roman rule. Right? The Jews were like, all right, the Messiah is here. We're going to take down Rome. Israel's going to be on its rightful place again as ruler in, a, in the world. And we'll all get over whether we should stand up or sit down and worship. Whether we should have guitars or not guitars and worship. Whether we should meet in coffee shops or in regular churches. We're going to get rid of all this division. That's what they thought. Did it happen? No. Did Jesus take on the Roman government? No. Did he go into the church and say, this is exactly how you do it so you all stop arguing? No. But did Jesus come and say, drink. Drink of the living water and you won't thirst again. Crazy analogies like that? Yes. And what was he talking to? To the woman at the well. Her subjective peace. Her inner peace. Inner peace. I will end with this absolutely timeless, timeless story. And this is a story, and if you've heard me talk about it, I'm sorry. This is a story that I will continue to harp on when it comes to peace. As I've become more and more connected to this story, I heard this song on Friday night, and I began to just weep. I just began to cry, and I couldn't keep the tears from coming because I knew the story. Now, I also am really fond of this story because this gentleman is from Portland, Maine. And we all know how much I love Maine. And his name is Longfellow. Longfellow was a writer back in the day during the Civil War. And Longfellow found himself on Christmas Eve in Boston. Two years before, while his wife was sewing woolen clothes, a candle fell over onto all the wool that she was near. It engulfed in the flames and it killed her. It burnt her alive. Henry loved her so much he ran to come to help her because he heard the screams from the other room. And he worked diligently to get the wool off of her and the wool down so bad that he was burnt so bad he could not attend her funeral a few days later. So that happened two years prior to this Christmas Eve. And now this Christmas Eve, he had just gotten word a couple of months earlier that his son had been wounded badly in the Civil War. And it was uncertain if his son was going to pull through from this bullet wound in the Civil War. So here you have a father without his children or without his son on Christmas Eve. Not sure if his son will survive or not. And you have a husband whose wife is dead, and he has the scars to remember it. Hands are scarred, his arms are scarred, his face is scarred. That's why Henry wore a really long beard. If you ever get to see pictures of Longfellow. And here's what Longfellow wrote on Christmas Eve, alone in his home. And this is beautiful. It's entitled Christmas Bells. And I hope that you're familiar with it, but if you're not, it's incredible. Here's what he said. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, Goodwill to men. 
Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime, a peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black, accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, good will to men. Wow. Incredible. Henry was in darkness, and the truth was a light. And he followed it, and he put it pen to paper. Boy, am I thankful he did. Because we'll have that the rest of our lives. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll be able to read it each time without weeping. Man, it's incredible. This is all truth. We're all in a vein of truth. And the truth is that Jesus came, gave his life on a cross, and rose again because he was God. The cross and his death covered our sin. Only could do that if he was perfect. And three days later, he rose from the dead, only able to do that if he was fully God. His sacrifice on the cross only works if he was fully human. And his death, burial, and resurrection only works if he is fully God. So we be here at Loon Mountain Ministry believe in God. And we take communion once a month to remember this. And we welcome all of you, anyone to this communion, that has put their hope, faith, and love in this truth. God is real. Jesus is his son. We're separated by our decisions. And Jesus has made a way. And we remember that. So this morning we're going to take of the cup and remember Christ's blood that was shed. And we're going to take of the bread and remember his body that was broken. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.